Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Frank Wolf from AllWesternYorkAthletics.com and the 300 level. We also have our residential troublemaker, Roger Weiss, in studio. And we are joined by Dan Kaplan, Alden AD, and Ed Ventry, uh, girls uh, chairman and also Niagara Falls coach. We are going to be talking about bowling this morning. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, we have some sad news to start the program off, Raj. And, uh, man, this one really hurt. Yeah, uh, we, we never thought it would happen because she was such a fighter, but uh, the uh, Western New York basketball community in particular and Western New York in general is saddened by the loss of uh, legendary Hall of Famer coach Sister Marie Perez of Sacred Heart Canisius College and briefly Marquette University. Uh, she's in numerous Hall of Fames. The number of Hall of Fames she in, Hall of Fames she is in is too numerous to mention and we are just sad and uh wow you know kept her you know sister marie sick you know well what else is new she's back you know and uh uh i'm sure all the uh, basketball officials in western new york are even saddened even the ones that would have rather not officiated her games because you know she didn't give the referees a pass by any stretch of the imagination. But, well, uh, she didn't get the nickname Sister Marie Technical for nothing. Yeah, Sister Mary Technical, <laughs> or some of the referees, I guess, we actually referred to her as a till of the nun. So, uh, but we are saddened. Uh, I was thinking about it last night. I was saying, what am I going to say on the air? What crossed my mind? And uh, you talk about opposites attract. Well, they're probably attracted together now watching basketball. We lost them in the same year, and that's Sister Marie and Archie O'Brien. Yeah. That's what I thought of. You know, I kept coming back to Archie, and I'm saying to myself, how could I compare them two on the same breath? But uh, I think I can, and uh, they're probably having some laughs and talking about the officials as we speak. I mean, you had the chance. You've watched many of her teams play. Uh, How was she like on, on the court? Well, she was a good coach. She wasn't your friend, but, you know, Sometimes people wanted no part of her, and, you know, remember what you wish for, you know, days, weeks, months for sure after they left for one of her programs, they were ready to go back because, you know, they had some unanswered questions, and, you know, they just, the number of careers she's affected over the years, we could go on for days just mentioning the people that were influenced, just local people, and I could name a whole bunch that, uh, talk about her all the time you know i think of uh coach uh, and uh information director at hilbert kara raybaum she just idolized sister marie uh 
and there were countless, countless others. I could say we could spend a whole hour just talking about the people who love Sister Marie. That's so sad, and our uh, condolences uh, with uh, family and friends uh, and anybody that uh, that's an owner. It's, it's, it's very sad. Uh, Frank, uh, let's get into news and notes. Uh, what have you got? We'll start with boys wrestling. Uh, the first ever Section 6 dual team championship scheduled for January 28th out at Starpoint. They're going to have uh, Division One large and Division Two small school champ- championships decided. Uh, first time they're ever doing that. There are two tourneys going on right now. One's finishing up at Starpoint, ECIC championships, and today the Niagara-Orleans championships out at Akron. And boys hockey, Starpoint again in the news, along with St. Mary's of Lancaster, will rejoin the Fed for the 2017-2018 season. It's official. Uh, the game of the weekend in boys hockey is definitely Niagara Wheatfield versus St. Joe's. Tomorrow night out at Niagara University, shout out to Coach Rosin and Niagara Wheatfield. The boys have won eight games in a row. They take on number one St. Joe's tomorrow out at Niagara University. Girls hockey, Kenji, I'll give you a shout-out for knocking off the Monsignor Martin team on Thursday. The Kenji team is made up of girls from Kenmore East, West, and Grand Island. Uh, Boys bowling, we've got the boys in here today to talk bowling, but uh, I want to give a shout-out to the Niagara Wheatfield boys for knocking off Niagara Falls last Tuesday night. They were previously unbeaten. Great to go, boys. Good job. Um, I think they have the best bowler on Niagara Wheatfield. Nate Maloney is uh, first overall with the high average of 219. He's one of the Niagara Wheatfield bowlers out there, coached by his son this year as well. Oh, Pretty cool. By his, yeah, that's right. By his dad. Someone punched me in the face. <laughs> We've heard of Nate. <laughs> uh, girls basketball. Shout out to the Lockport girls. They knocked off Ken West on Friday. O'Hara girls, they're just playing a different league altogether. I'm sure Roger has some stories about them from early in the week. A boys hoop, St. Francis, big week, taking down uh, Park, Park School in double overtime. The Thousand Point Club has two new members that I know of, Elliot Bowen from Ellicottville and Shakur Harris out at South Park. Don Welch is now in the 2,000 point club. He had 44 the other night? Or more, I think more than that. Did he? 44 yesterday against Maryville. Aye, aye, aye. I think that brings that the average Thursday, to the 34 a game he needs. He's breaking calculators. <laughs> and how Chitawaga would it be to uh, for somebody from Chitawaga to break Richie Campbell's uh, record of Burgard? That's just that's just a Chitawaga type thing. I think the deal would have to be uh, they it's like have thirty four points a game. They need he need they need a little run in the playoffs. I was just going to say if they don't make it to the uh, at least the sectional finals, it's not going to happen unless they just you know. And at that point in time, if he's doing that well, you do a box and one. You do the box on him and let the one cover the other yeah, four exactly. guys. <laughs> one last thing from our good friend Markel Slaughter. Thank you for passing this over to us earlier in the week. But there is a new record holder for career three-pointers in New York State, a kid by the name of Kobe Lufkin, who plays out at Argyle Central. I have no idea where this is, but I know it's in Section 2. Uh, they, he surpasses the previous title holder, a kid from Will South who went by the name of Joe Licata. Who had 343. So uh, Licata, record has been passed by Lufkin, who's just a junior, by the way. Wow. When uh, that Argyle team really wins bigger, the headlines say Argyle's socket to them. Oh, man. That's terrible. And, (laughs) oh, uh, you forgot this one. Amherst beating uh, Will South. 
I'm not going to forget that. That uh, avenged the loss from what, earlier yeah. in the year, right? Oh, what, yeah. two great doubleheaders. I wish more yeah. schools would do that. That was, what an atmosphere last night. Uh, yeah, uh, and you know what? I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if uh, that could be the crossover game come the end of the year. Amherst winning A2, Will South winning A1. I would think. Okay, uh, continue on basketball. Shout out to uh, Emma Brinker at uh, East Aurora High School. Tore her ACL. Oh, man. The, uh, she's done for the basketball season. Uh, hopefully it was minor enough where she will be able to return next fall as a senior. She's a swimmer as well as a uh, basketball player, and the girls do the swimming in fall. A big win for uh, Depew last night. They knocked off Lakeshore. That coupled with the uh, Emma Brinker injury, it looks like now Depew would be the team to beat in Class B for the girls. Um, I was at O'Hara the other night. O'Hara played Bishop Kearney. Anthony, well, I think I put it on the website, so you might already be familiar with this. On the uh, Bishop Kearney squad, bearing in mind Bishop Kearney and uh, Mercy of Rochester have both moved up to Double A, so now the what would be the Lakeshore Will South girls presumable crossover game? Now the winner of that does have a chance to go into the states because uh, uh, Far West Regional now in Class A should be decent. Anyway, I digress. Bishop Kearney on their squad, two seventh graders and four eighth graders, right? Now that doesn't sound, you know, on the squad, yeah, big deal. Three of the eighth graders start. And in the game against O'Hara the other night, they three eighth graders had 45 out of the 57 points wow. against O'Hara. Wow. Okay. Finally, uh, I want to give a shout. I'm so proud for this family. Uh, do you remember the name Brianna Neely? She was a basketball player at Will South. Yeah. She made second team all Western New York a year ago. And amazingly, on the state championship team her sophomore year, she was left off the top 20. I still don't know how. Well, she's got a younger sister, Cassandra, who is a junior at Will South. She, uh, Cassandra made the U.S. National Synchronized Swim Team. She will be moving to California to train for the 2018 World Games and then is on the pipeline for the 2020 Olympics. She swims for the Buffalo Swimkins. Congratulations to Suzanne and Steve Neely. You should be proud. I know I am. That's outstanding. I understand uh, Sarah Pfeiffer had a couple of points this week. Well, her and her sister combined for uh, 62 points. Uh, her sister Gabby's a senior. She threw in 11. Sarah only threw in the other 51. Yeah, that's just uh, <laughs> incredible. Oh, and, uh, yeah, uh, she's the real deal. And uh, I know uh, Joe's not here today, but, uh, you know, Joe with his passion for three-point shots and all that, she did make eight three-pointers, but that's only 24. So 27 of the 51 were not three-pointers. That shows you. So she was just busy. It wasn't like she just had maybe a dozen three-pointers and crews. She was all over the place the whole game. Outstanding. All right, is that pretty much do it for News and Notes, guys? Yep. Let's hey, get thanks. into talking bowling. And as I said, we have Dan Kaplan, Alden Athletic Director, and Ed Ventry, uh, girls' chair, and Niagara Falls coach. Now, 
Dan, when we last left off, uh, it was a big time for Section 6, and that is hosting the state championships at uh, Airport Lanes. Huge for Western New York, uh, not only in the terms of that we get to you know, host these teams, but great for the economy, all these schools and, and bowlers and their families, the coaches all coming in and uh, spending a couple of bucks, which is obviously good for Western New York, but a very successful event. Yeah, it went real well. We were real proud of it. Um, the end results for the bowling didn't go exactly as planned, uh, but um, it, it was fun. It was fun for the kids. It's different to be able to bowl in front of your friends, especially when year before we had to go out to Long Island, so obviously not too many people made that trip. But uh, no, it was good for the kids to bowl in front of their friends, but it was also double the work for Coach Ventry and I because we obviously had to plan it and run it. So kind of looking forward to this year where we let someone else run the tournament this year's in Rochester so did you guys get feedback from the schools that uh, that participated and what they thought of first of all airport lanes and and just the uh, the area in general yeah most people that they, they were impressed it, it went real well I mean we we tried a couple things that worked in terms of uh, setting up some certain areas where people couldn't go in terms of the spectators so it gave more room for the bowlers they liked and like I said, just being able to go out, even the athletic directors, and they could come, and even all the boards on the other teams were out there watching. We had a real big Buffalo contingent out there, and they don't get to do that very often. So it was, it was good to have the, the home crowd there. Was there anything that you learned that the next time Western New York hosts that you might do something different, or are you pretty much satisfied the way uh, the way it went? Um, I don't know if we'll run to volunteer to host it again, but because uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was a big undertaking for the people on our committee. We had, we had a lot of work, but... Um, I think the next time we, if we do it, we're, we'll be a lot better prepared because this is the first time all of us had run a state tournament. We, the last time we hosted it was good 10 years ago before any of us were on the section committee. So um, we obviously we, we learned some things and some things that worked, some things that didn't. Um, we had a little glitch with um, we assumed someone was ordering some medals that weren't ordered, so we didn't have them. We went to present them when we realized we didn't have them. Oops. Kind of called that metal gate, but uh, <laughs> it was taken care of after the fact. But, uh, I mean, that was one of that was our only real glitch, and we worked through it. I mean, we were able to, to take care of it. It just they got their medals a little bit later than we had planned. Before the uh, program, we are talking about what, uh, you know, with coaches and uh, how – Bowling has changed over the years, and what you guys are doing as far as coaches, and uh, you were talking about patterns, figuring out lane patterns, and this really intrigued me uh, because you're saying these kids are so advanced today that uh, they know going in what the lanes are going to be like, and and you mentioned about you know the state has their pattern. Explain about patterns and how all that works. Yeah, well, you know, um, years ago, say. 30 years ago, whatever, 40 years ago, uh, didn't have the equipment and the, the technology that there is today. And I think that goes for many sports, almost all sports. And, and you know, bowling is the same. Um, now, when, when, they put out, when they put out house shots for uh, just regular league play, you know, when we host our, our matches or Cheek to Wag or whoever, um, the, the, the houses will put out a more playable pattern. And in fact, in, in the fact that the, when the ball say say a right, he gets the ball to the right. Uh, it's more like likely to hook back to the middle of the lane. It won't be as much oil outside near the gutter, whereas inside the middle of the lane there'll be a heavier amount of oil to kind of hold that ball there. Um, and, and and there's different things that the oil these oil machines can do. They're very sophisticated machines. 
uh, pretty much the proprietors can put out whatever they want, but they, you know, they want in general, they want to see higher scores. So they do help, you know, a little bit. They help the bowler a little bit. Of course, the technology with the bowling balls these days also helps. Uh, the, the cores and the cover stocks and everything they're doing with that, um, also helps. But when they, we go to these tournaments, like for our state championships, for example, there are ways to, to lay out the oil on the lane that will make it a little bit more challenging for anybody. Not just the, not just the kids bowling, but any, even an adult. Um, and, and the scores will come down. They, they will come down because uh, they may put a little bit more oil towards the gutter uh, and a little bit less towards the middle of the lane so that that ball that you leak to the right, say a righty leaks to the right or a lefty leaks to the left, it may not come back to the, to the middle of the lane like it would on a house pattern. So before a uh, a tournament or a match, or whatever, you sit down with your team and you say, "Look, you know, like let's say you know somebody throws a really big hook, and you're going to explain, okay, you might want to, you know, shoot for this board or this arrow, yeah. and that's how we're going to attack it today." Right, right, absolutely, and and the pattern is announced to the whole state. And we will put it out at our sectionals. And as as we were talking about before the show, um, Airport Lanes is going to put it out uh, weekly for kids to start bowling on, to start practicing on. And 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 certainly uh, as coaches, you know, we'll we'll go over with our with our players the best way to attack those that pattern or any pattern that we bowl on. So you may suggest using a different Certain ball. ball. Yep. Try yep. this and this type because Absolutely. of the oil. Yep, and there and there's 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 a lot more that goes into it than most people think. You know, people that don't bowl, they think, oh, you just throw the ball on the lane. You know, uh, anybody can do it. And, you know, of course, anybody like, can do it. But, Roger yeah. still bowls like Fred Flintstone. He takes his <laughs> shoes off, he gets on on his toes, and and you know it, it ricochets off of several lanes. <laughs> and uh, Roger, well, there was only one Roger. problem with that, Anthony. When Fred Flintstone and I went bowling, we came to the bowling alleys with a bag that had one ball, <laughs> our <laughs> shoes in now. I was talking to the grandfather of one of the kids that bowled. His grandchildren, I believe, are in the Chicktawaga school system. Uh, does he bring all six bowling balls to the alley? No, he brings nine. Nine? I mean, what nine, do they yeah. do? Uh, they must have like the uh, they stack them these up. things with wheels, wheels now. Yep, absolutely, and two of them. Yep, nine bowling. When are we yep. gonna go to motorized bags? Yeah, really. You know, and that's why we need caddies. And you know, we used to get you know. In the leagues I bowled in way back when with uh, Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, we used to get One a ball. couple uh, practice balls. How many practice balls do these kids get, and how many with each of the nine bowling balls? Well, the practice time is the practice time's not too bad for a five man. There's ten kids on a lane; they get 15 minutes, so it's not that crazy. They got to rotate, so yeah. But nine, and if they're, if they're not going to throw all nine, and then no. they have nine balls. That's 45 balls <laughs> in 15 minutes. That's you know, haul and butt if you get my drift. They don't have time to use all nine. They're going to have to pick nine whichever one or two they balls. think is going to give them the best chance at that time. That's remarkable. I mean, hey, can you imagine if lot, you don't yeah. have your own and you had a fine hind of the house balls <laughs> that uh, suit you? And do you they know still what? have house bowling yes, balls? Yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, wow. But all nine, all nine, believe it or not, will do different things. It's 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 amazing. It, um, and uh, maybe not necessary on the house patterns, but when you get on the more difficult patterns, it, it does make a difference. And, and those kids will have the advantage. And it's just remarkable how sophisticated the kids are today. 
I mean, they know uh, what ball does what, conditions and everything. Yep. Like, There's so much more dialed in than we were when we used to just go out for fun. The, you know, the back sports when we changed. Were yeah, the sports changed. There's no doubt. You know, yeah. It's unbelievable. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more uh, boys and girls bowling. We're going to find out what teams are doing what, some of the high averages, 300s. We're already seeing a few of them. Ed, uh, Ed had one of his uh, uh players throw a, a 300 earlier in the year so we'll have all that and more you're listening to inside high school sports on wgr sports radio 550 we're back listening to inside high school sports i'm tony Jerry, along with frank wolf roger weiss and we are joined by dan kaplan and ed ventry we're talking about Boys and girls bowling. But, uh, Roger, there was something we forgot to mention. Yeah, we got a couple quick basketball announcements today. 12 o'clock, Cardinal O'Hara High School. They are hosting the defending Class A public school championship Jamesville DeWitt team at 12 o'clock over at Cardinal O'Hara High School. Once again, O'Hara, their non-league schedule is literally a who's who of New York State college basketball. So you girls basketball fans, today at noon, Cardinal O'Hara is the place to be. And uh, there is a scheduling change. Last week there was an incident between Niagara Falls and Lockport spectators, not players or coaches, Spectators. It was an ugly incident in the Niagara Gazette. Because of that incident, uh, they are rescheduling a game that was uh, originally scheduled to play on February 15th. They've moved it up to next Saturday, the 28th, and it's an afternoon game. Prepare to be wanted if you're going into that game. Wow. Yeah, they're serious about it. All right, let's get back to talking bowling and get us up to speed as some of the uh, some of the better teams and players, you know, Who's uh, throwing what uh, out there? Uh, well, we're we're coming near the end, and um, we got a couple terms. Actually, we got one going on right now. There's one out in Lockport. There's uh, the big Roy Summers is coming up in two weeks, and um, it's just kind of previews before sectional. So, in terms of the boys, we got uh, we got we got a strong crew this year coming in. We're just hoping to see uh, who stands out above the rest of them. Um, between, I know out of ECIC, Clarence and Tonawanda are kind of running away in their division. Orchard Park is yeah, right up there. Yeah, I saw Clarence was really strong this year. They are. It's, it's, you know what, it's kind of funny. If you really look at the list, there's a lot of the same guys and girls teams. Those programs are doing real well. Uh, teams like Orchard Park, Clarence, Tonawanda. Uh, I know Coach Ventry's Falls team, as much as they took their first loss, they, uh, they've been doing real well in the tournaments. Uh, West Seneca West has got one of the top bowlers in there, and uh, Andrew Burkhalter. He's been to states with us the last few years as an individual, and I know they're they're doing real well. They're competing with Orchard Park in that division. Uh, Frontier is always just dangerous. They always find a way. And Salamanca down down in the Southern Tier, they've got a, they've got a top bowler, and we, we've got a handful of bowlers that are really up there pushing two twenty. So uh, kids like Nate Maloney at Niagara Weedfield. So when you got kids like that on your team, you're 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 you have the possibility to win because you can get a couple other kids going above average and your your horse is up there putting up big numbers like a Nate Maloney or a Burkhalter. It, it gives your team a chance to win. And we've got we've got a bunch of kids out there that are um, that are carrying their teams right now, and we'll see who steps up in the next few weeks. What are some of the high averages? Uh, I know Nate Maloney's leading the area at, at sitting right around 220. He's, uh, I think he's been to States with us the last four years. I mean, he's... 
he's a staple for us for our state team. We love having Nate around. I think he's a senior now. He's he's been with us forever. He's been driving us nuts forever, but we love him to death. Uh, girl wise, I know um, Brittany Gray down in Cat Little Valley who shot the. 300 earlier this year she's sitting at 210 we have one girl and one boy but we have um danielle milo out of orchard park is sitting at about 219 so that's wow. by far and away our highest girl she, she was uh, at, she was at states, she was last, at states year. last year on the orchard park team the team which park went uh they're one of our girls teams that's probably got a chance to win it this year so uh i know they're they're dying to get back they uh they didn't have the results they wanted last year and they've got pretty much everyone back uh, they they lost one, but uh, with Danielle in the way, that's going to be a tough team to beat come sectionals. Who are some of the other girls' teams that are doing well? Um, I know Clarence, Tonawanda, Orchard Park. Like I, I just said, those for boys. It's the same for girls. Cat uh, Little Valley's got a nice team down there with um, with um, I Cameron Spring, Cameron Spring, her yeah. sister Danielle Spring, uh, Lockport. Kenmore West in the NFL. Yeah, Lockport and uh, Lockport was undefeated. Uh, we went in there, beat them, gave them their first loss, and then Kenmore West went and beat them and gave them their second loss. And now Ken West and Lockport are tied for first in the NFL. So they're two top girls teams. There, I think they'll do well at sectionals. And it just seems like uh, tradition always plays out. The schools that are traditionally strong in bowling stay strong. Uh, it's true. I mean, if you really look at the, these names, these are we've had a lot of the same team. Frontier is always. In a battle for a title, guys well, they won and a state girls. Title a few years back. They did. So I think we, it was two years ago. Yeah, we had a couple years ago. Yeah, they we were, had them in studio. Right. That, that's they, when I found out they only had six bowling balls. I guess they've upgraded to nine now. Well, <laughs> things, things have changed in the last two years, Roger. But yeah, if you look at the list, it's it's a lot of these programs have always kind of been on top and always been fighting to go. And uh, they might have one down year and they're back up the next year. You know, usually that's how kind of how it works. Quick question. Uh, I know Ed, you do the NFL. Yeah, I'm NFL chairman as well, yes. Right. So co-chairman with Bill Roaring, yes. In the NFL, coaches uh, do both boys and girls, where in ECIC it's not necessarily the same way. Why Why is that? Um, I, I just It's always been that way. I don't know what the reason is. Um, we do have a couple less bowlers. We, we bowl... We bowl six on six, and they bowl eight on eight. So I mean, that's a you know they they have a couple extra bowlers on the roster. It's not a huge huge difference though. Um, but you know, we've just kind of we we've, we've made it work. Uh, I don't know if it's budgeting with the school districts or whatever, but it's just kind of always been that way. And and you know, we accept it. We a lot of us have volunteers that come out and help, and a lot of us don't do it for the money anyways. You know, we just we, we're there to to just to help the kids and see them improve. So and if you, you want to get stats. Uh, up-to-date scores, things of that nature, you can go to nflbowling.com. That'll get you the NFL teams, but ECIC doesn't necessarily, haven't caught up just yet. What can we do to get you guys to catch? Is there too many teams? That's part of the problem. I know, like, for NFL, and we actually, that's how we do it for sectionals, too. Everything, our scoring at sectionals is live. Like, we'll send out the the website so anyone, even not at school, will be able to follow along. And we kind of took that. Coach Ventry here set it up for us. We did it for states. NFL has only got eight teams, eight teams. Yeah. so it's a little easier to get all eight of those coaches on board. So they literally will type and in, only eight coaches type, yeah, yeah. and and right. right in the NFL they have one coach for both teams. Yes. Most ECIC schools, so I they say have most twenty one coach for each team. Yeah, twenty eight team signs too. You're over fifty coaches. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right, and we have twenty eight teams out in the ECIC, so it's it's a little harder to get all of them on board. I mean, we've talked about it within our divisions trying to do that, but it's. 
it's, when it, you say eight on eight and five on five, do oh, all eight scores count towards the team? Or they do, is but it the best five. No, or? no, they all count, but it's two separate uh, pairs of lanes. That, yeah, you're not so, putting eight on well, one lane. I have my best four, oh, my yeah. four okay. against your four, my next four against four, and all of them count. They're three against three. Buffalo just throws five against five. five. Against five. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Southern Tier, I think, is closer to six on six. But oh boy, that's an awful lot of stats when you figure times twenty eight teams. Correct. Yeah. I can see who in the ECIC would want to take that undertaking. Yeah, we well, the way we do it in the NFL is we enter our scores after each game. Basically, every every coach is responsible for entering their entering their own scores for that match. We do it all online. We do it live, and and then the the spreadsheet takes care of everything else. It automatically cal- calculates all the averages and all the league high series and all that stuff, and then we just do the standings manually. But it, it like again again it's just there's eight of us you know the total eight coaches so to get eight people on board is pretty simple especially when you know we got a couple people that help set it up and 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 run it when you when you're I actually was trying to help these one of the ECIC divisions get it set up for this year and they were a couple coaches were on board I don't know if everybody got on board with it but you know we're working at it hopefully hopefully we can get it going in, in the near future you know we, we covered states last year and uh, sectionals and everything else I thought you guys did a phenomenal job. Thank you. And I hope you guys get that back again. I, I didn't notice any glitches. Uh, the writers for us didn't notice any <laughs> glitches. We had a phenomenal time, and I know that those bowlers had a great time. And that place was packed. Drewway Lanes, was it? Or it was airport. Airport, airport. airport it was, it was rocking. Was packed. No, it was okay, and then is it a couple weekends you'll be back at Tonawanda for the Summers Tournament, and you'll have teams from Rochester coming? Yeah, the, the Roy five? Summer Tournament has always been, was was always at Thruway. Then when Thruway closed, it got moved over to the airport. This year it's over in Tonawanda. Um We'd prefer it over at airport just because it's the week before sectionals and we want those kids bowling at the house that sectionals are at on the section pattern. They're going to bowl probably on the section pattern, but in a different house, so you don't always get the same feel. But, uh, yeah, some of the top Rochester teams will come down for this and kind of a nice little preview for sectionals. We kind of get a good idea who some of the best teams are. Now it's in a different house, so that doesn't always translate to, to airport and there'll yeah. be less teams. There's like, they only have 40, 44 yeah, they lanes, so they're going to have they're going to have less teams there as well. Yeah. Question on the sectionals. Now I noticed if the website's true, the girls are on Wednesday, February fifteenth. The boys on Thursday, February sixteenth. Correct. Is that like a mid pre summer week off, or are those kids pulled out of classes? They are that? pulled out. They are pulled out okay, for the day. I was just thinking that's right at the end of basketball. I can't picture schools being closed. That no. week. That's why I asked. We, we, run, into break. The, we yeah. run into that that week off that break, so we try to get it in before that. And if we do it on Saturday, uh, a lot of people go out of town. So well, the problem with yeah. the Saturday is you're taking away business from those houses for the whole day. That is on, right. a, on a Wednesday and a Thursday. There's minimal leagues going on, so yeah, it's it worth it to them to take in the morning. It's, it's you know, a full day. So I mean, bowling at nine in the morning. It's almost like playing basketball at nine in the morning. I no. just can't even visualize. Correct. It, you know? You're I'm not even on my second cup of coffee <laughs> you're putting morning. in a full day i mean we're, we're not getting out of there before 4 four thirty. and i mean this nfl coaches they get two days off they they're there both days yeah. oh those now, nfl coaches have it so good oh right? yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. easy well here comes the challenging time of the year for the coaches because now you're figuring out uh how to juggle uh you know your your roster for the playoffs and for individuals and figuring a lot of figuring out as i remember dan you explaining to me you got to know what they're doing throughout the state yeah it it helps um the state sets up the pattern and it just gets passed all the way down so um for us we we know what we want to put out we want to put out the the pattern that the kids 
the kids that are most successful on this pattern, we're hoping it translates to the state because it's the same pattern. A lot of sections in the state, they leave their house shot out all year and still take their best bowlers off that house shot. And then all of a sudden they're getting that sport pattern at the state and they're struggling. Whereas our kids, we put it out as much as possible from the, everyone finds out about it about early January. So they have every opportunity to practice on it every Sunday at airport from uh, six to nine, they're putting it out. So airport's going to be crowded the next few Sundays just because the kids want to get out there and those kids that are serious about it and those teams that are serious about it want to get out there and get as much practice on that lane that lane condition they can. Like next Sunday, the Super Bowl, they're going to go one to four because obviously you don't want to cut into the Super Bowl. And But no, it's 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 busy time. The next few weeks are going to be a little crazy for everybody. Let me ask you guys this as coaches, all right? Uh, and uh, you get a bowler, normally pretty good, but every bowler has this where, you know, you go up and you're throwing your – where you think it's supposed to go, but all of a sudden you're getting splits and splits, and now you're looking at a slump. Is there anything that you guys do to get them, help them get out of that slump? Well, yeah, I mean, always it gets frustrating. It happens to everybody. I mean, it happens to the best bowlers. I Caps mentioned Nate Maloney a couple times. I've seen that. That kid's a phenomenal bowler, but of course, just like anybody else, there's times where he's struggled in, in big spots. And, you know, even, even myself as, as a opposing coach, I've gone and talked to him and say, Hey, come on, man, you, you can do this. You know, you're just kind of a pep talk, just like anybody, any, any coach would in any sport. And, uh, well, you, you know, make some adjustments. Yeah. Sudden, it gets, it's mental. Now you're overcompensating. Sure. You're hitting that head pin. Now you're overcompensating a little bit the other way. Now you're going up short and you're only getting three. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Definitely. As you make adjustments, uh, you could still get splits in other other ways, yeah. Uh, so, so you you make a ball change. Uh, if if it, if you can't figure it out in a couple frames, you might take take the kid out for a couple frames in a match. Probably not in the sectional tournament, but in a match, take him out, put him back in a few frames later. So you could you could do that as well. It don't it doesn't mean you have to be off very much to get an eight ten split. It's all one board, and the only yeah. eight, one board, not even eight ten split. The only way you can get an eight ten split for a right hander is if you put the ball right in the pocket. Yeah, there's nothing you could do about that. I yeah. walked into town. I want a bowling uh, about a month ago, and there was a big tournament there. Yep. Okay, and there was that kid from Frontier. I believe his name was Connor Gates. Connor Gates. Connor Gates, exceptional bowler, and I believe he was one of the top bowlers last year at Frontier. And I, was, I seen him walking around. Connor, what are you doing? Aren't you guys bowling? He goes, No, I'm not bowling this game. I'm like, What do you mean you're not bowling this game? You're one of the best bowlers in the area. I don't have it today. I just didn't have it. Yeah. Coach pulled me out. Yeah. He wasn't bowling well. I mean, here's one of the top bowlers. Can you imagine, like, Dom Welch yeah. sitting out a game because he doesn't have it? And bowling, you guys could sub in at almost any point. Yeah, at any point in the game you can make a substitution, but once that bowler comes out, they can't go back in that game. And and the person that comes in has to stay in for the rest of that game. You can, And um, you can make up to two two substitutions. in the se- Like in the sectionals or in a tournament, you can make two substitutions per game. All right, let's take a break. Bowler, can- nope. First hard, bowler right. can be pulled in the middle of a game? Yeah, in the middle of a frame. I go to the bullpen. Yeah. So I go out there yeah. and tag the yeah. That's, in the middle of a frame. So I'm yeah. a baseball coach. So I, I have no problem I've had a kid come in and shoot the spare. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe can I bring them to help me? They <laughs> <laughs> come in and sub me out. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with one more segment of Inside High School Sports. Final segment of Inside High School Sports. 
We're talking bowling with Dan Kaplan and Ed Ventry. We're going through uh, just you know the substitution thing and uh, and how you guys figure out all right who we're going to bring, who's going to be our, our lead pony when we go to states, and figuring all the uh, the ins and outs that you guys need to know. We talked about slumps, getting out of slumps. Uh, let's talk about riding a guy that's that or a player that's red hot. Do the other bowlers feed off of that person? Uh, yeah, I, I've seen that without a doubt um, happen. You know, you never want to take out your top guys, and when you make substitutions, I mean, we always give our top guys, you know, your top average guys throughout the year, they're always going to get a benefit of the doubt. They're, you never want to take them out unless you absolutely have to. Sometimes it is necessary, but when, when you know, when those guys get hot, like you said, it, it does bring up the whole team. Uh, very bowling's a very mental game, and uh, when, it seems like in the reverse, when when one or two guys start going bad, then everyone starts going bad. You know, one or two, you get one or two opens. Then you start to that turns into three, four, like and five opens. It is like a virus. And then when the strikes start coming for a couple, they start coming for everybody in a tournament, especially. Uh, and that's, I mean, we've seen it over and over again. That's how tournaments are won, and that's how tournaments are lost. These big tournaments, these sectional state tournaments, that's how they're won, and that's how they're lost. You've seen teams just bowl out of their minds who are maybe not as good as what they do, uh, but they come through just because of that emotion uh, and that, that, I don't know if you want to call it momentum or adrenaline. adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. Well, part of the momentum is, from what I understand, when we had the Frontier guys in, is from their crowd and how they fed off of their crowd. What schools are really good at supporting their bowlers and provide that kind of atmosphere? First name, Frontier is the first. Frontier, no, yeah. I think everyone knows that Frontier has has the biggest crowds at, at every tournament, boys and girls. Uh, they they it seems like they bring their whole school there, which is which is awesome. I think it's great. Uh, and our you know and our parents and Niagara Falls brings always has a, a good crowd there as well. And and there's other schools, Orchard Park. You know there, there's other other is schools. Is it the norm also, for the crowd to get excited? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It, it gets yeah. loud. It's I mean you know. Are you, tell, no, are you telling me that if Frontier's bowling Orchard Park and on one end the Frontier kids are yelling, we can't hear you, we can't hear you, in a bowling alley? I don't know if they're talking no, trash like that or you can't just, win yeah, here. But. It's, it's just the yelling or, or and cheering after that we have won. I believe, <laughs> I believe that we will win. Yeah, there there, there's a little, a little bit of sportsmanship there. Yeah, there seems the, to be there a, a different uh, fan base, so to speak. <laughs> you don't have the wave going. No, no. Yeah, but but Frontier Faces Orchard painted. Park. I, I've been to a number of uh, these big tournaments, and you'll see Frontier Orchard Park real close, and you'll see uh, Tom Clinky, uh, his dad's there, right, right oh, there, yeah, right yeah. on top of things, and he's pretty excitable. He's fun to watch his son when he's watching his son's team bowling. Yeah, he's but good Frontier, guy. and last year was Scapoletto. Just from Depew, yep. You know, he was an exceptional bowler to watch. They had a good section of fans oh, yeah. showing no, for that it, team. They had good it support. gets excitable, yeah. and once in a while at sectionals we have to intervene because the fans are sometimes pushing the limits and crossing the lines. Like really? Last, <laughs> last year we actually, I know, I know, I know you're shocked. Well, they great, fight great, over seats, too. Yeah, you know? they, they, it's, seating is very limited. I got to get season <laughs> tickets. Oh, uh, you want excitement, come like the second half of the day at sectionals. That's when... Based on your, your morning performance, we pair the teams based on where they stand. So in our main pair, where all the bleachers are, the one and two teams are on a pair together. Next to them is three and four, and on the other side is five and six, and then they just accordion out. So in that first bay at airport, you're going to see the top ten teams at the halfway point. So guess where all the fans are going to be? At that bay. 
it's going to be it's insane there. I mean, it's we can't even get through as chairman like when there's an issue because it gets a little crazy there. But will they flock to the lane where the kids going for that three hundred? If you're in that sixth, seventh frame, kids lights out. Does that you, word get around the alley? Absolutely. That this guy's got a absolutely. Things start getting a little quiet. The people around him probably start. Yeah. Slowing down their bowling because you don't want to be the one that messes up next to him when he's trying to get his three hundred. Yeah. What frame does it start to become a buzz? Seven, <sighs> eight, 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 eight yeah. nine. It'll start eight buzzing nine. around, and by ten, now all of a sudden, people around will be slowing down and not bowling and looking over. But so, isn't it that if it if it's that quiet, doesn't that freak out awful. the bowler? It's of course. awful. Yeah. It's I mean, like yeah. the worst thing. They always it's, do this yelling when they're doing free throws, Tony. You know, and then I always say. Just let the crowd do the thing. If I'm shooting a free throw, the thing that would freak me out is uh, if I'm shooting a free throw, all of a sudden everybody goes, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> then I couldn't even hit the floor. And I get self-conscious. Yes. That's how it is yeah. in bowling. Yeah, it's it's, it's very dead very silent. Everyone's you staring. I feel bad for You just want the flow to continue like yeah. nothing was happening. That's how he got that. that far. And all of a sudden now you can wow. hear a pin drop. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's awful. Do you guys ever have to pull something? You're going up there. You're in the 10th frame. You know, you, you All strikes. Do you go ever go in there as a coach and say anything to you don't them? Say anything. Not a th- it's like a pitcher with a no hitter. Yeah. No one wants to <laughs> talk bury to them. Yourself you pretend, just, you, you just, pretend it's not even happening, right? You walk. You hope, you, you hope no one notices. Once again, you don't want to say something and hope to be the one that give them the wrong. You just walk away and stand in the back. And I mean, I know I've seen a couple of Chitawaga over the years. I know Eddie's seen a couple. He had won this last week with that Matt Bellavia. Matt Bellavia. Yeah, yeah, just ago, yeah. let him do his thing. It's like it's a pitcher with a no hitter. No. It has to explode when they hit that three hundred. Oh, as soon as he let it go, it explodes because even the other team is rooting for you to get that. 300. Oh, it was no it was, one is when yelling. That bowl was three hundred a few weeks ago. It was, it was fun. The, I, the whole place was both teams. Both teams, obviously, parents, spectators, everyone going crazy. He, the kids are jumping up and down on the approach. It was fun. I've what never they should witnessed do. it live. Yeah. Yeah. What they should do, you know what? If it all of a sudden it gets real quiet, you should have somebody that's controlling the audio system at the house where it starts to get quiet, and all of a sudden they start playing Queen, We Will Rock yeah. You or something, just so the guy <laughs> can relax while he's trying to get the 12th strike. Yeah, I need some noise. Uh, Dan and Ed, thank you guys so much for joining us this morning. Great program today. Uh, Thank you. Great to see you guys, as always. And we wish you guys the best in all of our uh, teams in Western New York. And hopefully we get some uh, state championships here. Uh, Thanks to Nate Gary. We'll talk to you guys next week with more Inside High School Sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.